ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Thursday, September 14th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program this hour by texting 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Huntington High football coach Billy Seal is going to be my guest coming up later on, second half of the show. Looking forward to catching up with him, talking about the Highlanders' upcoming match. They are on the air Friday right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 as Huntington High taking on GW. So we'll get into that a little bit later on, but until then, we will open up the text line for you. Baseball action earlier today here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It was the Pittsburgh Pirates getting the victory. Mitch Keller pitched eight innings, allowing only two hits as the Pirates secured a 2-0 victory over the Washington Nationals on Thursday. Keller's performance included seven strikeouts and just one walk, extending his recent record to 3-1 and one with a 3.07 RA over his last seven starts. Pirates face the Yankees tomorrow, 6:35, and of course the Tigers get the victory over the Reds, 8-2. Reds will face the Mets tomorrow, 7:10 p.m. We have got football action tonight. But first, before we can get into the football game, we've got the Coach Huff Show. That is coming up tonight like the off week show so this is the recap show talk a little bit about ecu show not look too far ahead to of course virginia tech as we've got to wait yet another week before that game happens so we've got the coach off show coming up tonight 705 and that'll be followed by thursday night football it's going to be the vikings and the eagles and that game's going to be right here we go on the air at eight o'clock right after the coach off show Keep it right here. You want to? You won't miss a single minute of the game. So, if you can't get to your TV, you got us. You got it right here. We got you covered. So, looking forward to that. And of course, we got football action this weekend as well. The Browns will be in action, taking on the Steelers. That's going to be the Monday night game, and we'll have that as well. But we've got the Bengals playing host to the Ravens on Sunday. Eleven thirty is going to be the airtime there. One o'clock will be kick. And it's going to be on both Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340, along with ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And while we're talking about football, just for a second, kind of keep it theme-oriented here just for a minute. Aaron Rodgers issuing a statement yesterday on Instagram expressing his hope to be back with the Jets next year. So good news there, at least. He hopes to be back with the Jets, so he's not out just yet. I don't think he's going to go, I'm done. I'm just going to call it. I think he's going to try to at least play at least a season or two with the Jets. I mean, disappointing. If you're a New York Jets fan, that's got to be super disappointing. I'm not necessarily – I don't hate Aaron Rodgers. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy, but I don't dislike Aaron Rodgers. But I hate that for him as well because, you know, he's – He's one of the premier quarterbacks in the league, and, of course, he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer. Nobody, nobody compares to the career of Tom Brady, but as individual performances go, Aaron Rodgers is right up there with anybody. He is a quarterback that when he was healthy, and when he is healthy, you definitely want him on your side. Speaking of healthy, I hope that Joe Burrow is fully back for Game 2 against the Ravens. I was not 
happy with the game against the Browns. I almost felt like they should have just maybe held him out, made sure that he was ready to go, not rushing back. And the Bengals are used to these slow starts. Always something as far as preseason is concerned. Always something there. And I know safety and health issues are going to be a little bit more in the forefront, especially with Aaron Rodgers and the whole turf issue. Do you ma- Can you imagine that there are stadiums that there are reasons why there are turf there. Turf is easier to maintain. Turf allows your facility to be a multi-purpose facility. And I'll tell you this, though. I have seen facilities, and I don't know if this is going to happen here in the near future, but it could happen. You want to talk about turf. There's facilities, and I've seen a few of these, including soccer facilities, where they can store the actual grass surface. They can store that underneath the stadium. Fascinating. I watched one of those videos. You know when you're scrolling, you're looking at your social media feed, and you see one of these videos because, well, that's the whole point of social media, to feed this stuff up to you. I stopped and, and locked at it, looked at it. I don't know. I don't know if it was, um, it was one of the soccer stadiums, but it was just fascinating how they store the grass on these on these plates, and so they store them underneath. It's like they, they stack them underneath, and then they actually have light underneath to keep the grass growing when they're not using it. So they can have other events instead of having the pitch, having the, the grass you know, get beat down from other events there. They can have other events, and then when they're ready for an event that requires the real grass, they just they bring it back up. It's sort of similar to what – I mean, I thought Arizona always had a, a cool idea. They had the property for it, though. They had the space. They could bring the, the grass out and then bring it in. And it's always going to be good because it gets, it gets to be outside and you take care of it and you bring it in for the game. But there are going to be more and more studies, I'm sure, like, hey, can you switch over to real grass? Can, can the NFL owners and can the facilities handle doing real grass and all the other things that go on, because some of these stadiums are going to be multi-use. Some of these stadiums, you know, you, you mostly will get football out of them. I mean, how many events do you see at Paul Brown Stadium outside of football? I know Taylor Swift rocked that place, but how many events do you see? And so they've got the turf. I mean, could you retrofit a stadium like Paul Brown to have a system where you could have a, a mixed-use turf and grass? Could you see that? I don't know. You'd have to really get into the infrastructure and the bones of some of these stadiums. I mean, Paul Brown was a forward-thinking stadium. It's still pretty pretty high level, but some of the newer stadiums, and again, some of these are renovations where they've spent a lot of money to retrofit where they have systems now where they can put the grass underneath the surface and they can do other things on that surface and have it a multi-use facility. So you're going to see that push, I'm sure, a lot more when it comes to the Players Association wanting to play on grass. You're never going to see that in college. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen in college. I'll tell you why. It's because you're not going to have one voice that is going to be stronger enough because you have individual institutions, you have individual conferences, you have individual states. A lot of these schools are state-run. You're going to see some athletic departments be able to afford this, some not. You're not going to see this widespread in college. It's going to be turf 
or whatever you've chosen, you're going to stick with for the most part. If you run on a grass surface, you're going to probably stay on that. If you have chosen turf for a reason, you're going to stay on turf. But it was interesting to see all of that play out and maybe the new push. I don't know. Could we see grass? I know Marshall over at the soccer complex. I know that Chris Grassy's wanting grass at that stadium. He wants grass because that's what's played on. Players like playing on grass. He wants to recruit the very best players. He wants the very best surface. He likes the grass surface. That's what he wants. He might get that. That's one thing that he might get. That's not going to happen at the football stadium. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our text line. we got more coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Thursday, September 14th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We don't have football this Saturday. We do, but we don't have Marshall football. There's the backyard brawl, of course. We'll get into that in just a second. I'm kind of curious on something. I I really want to know. Do Herd fans dislike the Pitt Panthers? I know this whole West Virginia versus Pitt thing, you know, you kind of feel like you have to take a side. Do you take a side in this one, being a Marshall fan? I've seen two different flows of thought here. Yes, you take sides in this, and no, you don't. So who are you taking? You got the Mountaineers, you'd have Pitt in this one. Do you do you root for the Pitt Panthers? Do you root for the Mountaineers? And I'm gonna tell you right now, I find it difficult to root for most anything coming out of Pittsburgh. With the exception of the Pittsburgh Pirates, because those folks are really nice. I like talking to them. I like working with them. They're really nice. And I know that might sound really self-serving. But uh, other than the the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, I'm not a Penguins fan. I'm I'm not down with the Penguins. I'm not down with the Steelers. I respect the Penguins. But I'm not down with the Penguins. I'm definitely not going to be down with the Steelers. I've never been a uh, a big fan of, of most of the sports teams in that area. Again, with the exception. I did make an exception for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And again, you know, when you, when you work with people and when you get to know them and when you, uh, you, you have dealings with certain teams, you know, you, you kind of have a better understanding. And plus, honestly, as a Reds fan, man, the Reds have been terrible up and down all of the – oh, man, they've been terrible for a long time here. Texter writes in, my favorite two, my two favorite teams will always be Marshall and whoever plays WVU. So go Pitt. All right, shots fired. So far, it's go Pitt. We'll see if we can get more of a reaction. Will it be go Pitt? Or will there be some distinction between the border? Do we hold the border against Pitt? Or is it go Pitt all the way? 304-396-TALK, 304 396 8255. But as I mentioned, there's football, just not the college football variety that we are used to. It's the college soccer variety. Number two, Marshall Thundering Herd will start Sunbelt play, taking on number nine, James Madison. That's coming up Saturday in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Now, this is going to be. A revenge game, I hope. It's the first time these two teams have met since 
the quarterfinals of the Sunbelt Men's Championship last year. James Madison got the victory over the herd, one nothing. It was an upset, so this one might have a little bit more meaning for the players that came back. I don't know if Chris Grassy is the type of guy that goes, okay, we got to get these guys. I think he puts every game into proper perspective. I really don't think he's a, okay, this game means more than the other ones. I think it's, all right, this is the next opponent. So they've got our full attention. It just so happens to be James Madison. It's also a, a conference match, though. It's doubly important. Marshall is undefeated. 6-0 and start to the season. How crazy is it? The Sun Belt has not only one, but two top 10 showdowns. That's the crazy thing here. So Marshall taking on number nine, James Madison. Top 10 matchup right there. And then you have number four, West Virginia, and number five, UCF. And again, that's a difficult one for me because I never root for UCF. Texer writes in with a proper salute of Pitt that I cannot read on the air. It rhymes with Pitt. And go herd. I don't like WVE either, but I can't root for Pitt. Okay, so we're split right now. We're absolutely split here. The greeting is something that rhymes with Pitt and go herd. So who do we take this weekend? If we're watching this thing, now we we can't sit there and just not have a desired outcome. They're not going to tie. There's no tie here. It's not going to be a tie. So... Do you take the Pitt Panthers or do you take the West Virginia Mountaineers knowing well that this is definitely not Pitt country and this is definitely not Mountaineer country? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Same thing for me here. It's almost the same when I look at the soccer matchup between the Mountaineers and UCF. That's that's the thing. Ultimately, Marshall's got to play them both. West Virginia's fourth, UCF is five. It should be fun. It definitely should be fun. The Mountaineers have got a really good defense, and UCF really strong offensively, so we're going to see which one gives. But you're back to Marshall, take it on James Madison. Marshall, one of the leaders in this. I'm Tell me, how crazy is this? Marshall's just one of five undefeated teams still. Stanford's number one. They're undefeated. 13th-ranked Marquette. West Virginia undefeated as well. So those are some of the schools that are still undefeated. And Marshall has been doing it with offense. They're averaging almost four goals a game, 3.67. It includes 22 goals, 23 assists, and 67 points. They are at the top of the national rankings here. They are among the leaders in college soccer. And you're getting a lot of offense from Marco Silva, Matthew Bell. Silva's seven goals this season, tying for first place nationally. And how insane is it that Marshall, by virtue of Marshall being in this conference, by virtue of bringing the better teams from Conference USA over Kentucky, as an example, West Virginia coming in after playing in the MAC and really – That was not a good fit. The MAC was not the place for the Mountaineers. They got hosed in the MAC. So they come over to Conference USA, and then Conference USA falls apart. So now they go into the Sun Belt with Marshall. Then you bring in UCF, and it just makes sense. UCF going into a situation where there's no no men's soccer for them. They have to be an affiliate, and the Sun Belt was the best choice for them. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. 
So we're asking, who do you have in the West Virginia Pitt matchup? Do you hold the line and say no to Pitt? Or will you side this one time? As a Marshall fan, do you take the Mountaineers over Pitt? Do you root for the Mountaineers over Pitt because it's Pitt? Or you just don't care? Do you'll take you'll take the Pitt Panthers. 304-396-Talk. 304-396-8255. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to the head coach of the Huntington Highlanders, Billy Seals. He is going to get us caught up on everything that's happening this weekend with his squad. They are going to be in action taking on GW. GW seems to be a much improved team. We're going to find out how improved they are when we continue. When we hear from the head coach himself, Billy Seals, and your text coming in, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Thursday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to have the video stream available on all of our Kindred Communications Facebook pages and websites and, of course, the radio broadcast right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's Huntington High playing host to George Washington. 7.30 is going to be first kick. We've got the head coach of the defending state champion, Huntington Highlanders, with us now, Billy Seals. How you doing, sir? It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, doing okay, Paul. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm excited. We got a really good game coming up between you and your squad and George Washington. Now, I've looked at the scores these last couple of weeks, and I'm trying to figure out, and hopefully you've got this figured out, which GW team are we going to get? Because they put in a really good performance beating Hurricane. And Hurricane, they're one of the best teams in the state of West Virginia, so I know that got your attention. If not, they already had your attention, but I know that really maybe perked you up a little bit even more. Well, absolutely. You know you know what kind of program GW is, traditional playoff contender, and, you know, in the playoffs about every year. And, you know, they got a tough four-game stretch here to start the season. You know, played a really good Cabell Midland team and, and played a really good Ashland team and, um, you know, made some adjustments and obviously played really, really well last week against Hurricane. So, so, you know, they've, they've had our attention since we finished with South Charleston a couple weeks ago. Was there anything that maybe stood out? I mean, how do you, you've got the off week, so I know you're focusing on your team and then the opponent, but did you have to maybe make any major adjustments to what you were doing or thinking? Or pretty much this is all ready. You know, you already had this scout. They just are playing a little different now. Yeah, they are. You know, they they Scott Tinsley, who calls the offense, has done a really nice job over the years. And so they've always got a really good quarterback. Um, they got good skill set around them with the receivers and and the running backs, and you know, real big and physical up front on the offense side of the ball. So you know, they've they've got a really solid football team. A lot of respect for for what they've been able to do over the years. And uh, we know that we're going to have to play really good football to get a win. As I mentioned, you had the off week. Do you like having an off week this early? Would you have rather had that later in the season, middle of the season? I know the schedule is what it is, but you know, how did you adjust to having that off week so early in the season? Yeah, it was kind of like you know, same off week as last year. Obviously, would luck like to have the off week a little bit later in the season, maybe mid season, towards somewhere around game five to seven, um, and somewhere in that window. But you know, it is what it is. It's week three for us this year, and you know, we had a we had a week to go out 
out and try to get better and work on fundamentals and continue to improve as a football team. And you also did something pretty fun, and I know you've done this for a while now. It's an opportunity for the parents to get a little bit more involved with the program. How fun is it to always see the moms get a chance to come out there and tackle their sons? Well, our, our, our parents enjoy that, and I know our kids enjoy it too. So, you know, it's just something we do during the during the bye week to, you know, have a little fun there at the end of the week. And, um, you know, I think it, it, it brings our, our parents, you know, it gets to see a little lighter side of ourselves as coaches, um, you know, to have a little fun with them. And, and our kids, again, enjoy that a, a whole bunch as well. So it's something we'll continue to do, and I know our parents look forward to it every year. Billy Seals is with me, head coach of the Huntington Highlanders, the High Islanders will play host to George Washington. If you can't make the game, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So, quick evaluation without giving away too many secrets. Uh, what do you like about your team after a couple of weeks? Well, I think that our, our team, are, you know, we're, we're competitive. I think our, our kids are competitive kids. Um, you know, the big thing that I think I'm the most impressed with is, you know, they understand what the expectations are. And, um, you know, it's kind of like today. We didn't have a real good day at practice day. And, uh, you know, they knew I was upset. And, um, you know, we, we just got to have better days. We got a great week and a half here in, during the bye week. But today just wasn't real crisp today. And, uh, you know, we can't have days like that. So, you know, we just got to continue to plug forward and, and continue to get better. When you look at your, your squad, um, do you think, just going back a couple of weeks ago, do you think that you know, just the fact that you had the opportunity, you know, even though you, know, it, you didn't like the way it, it turned out, you know, to see so many of your squad members get a chance to get on the field a few weeks ago, you know, when you, you basically put the first-teamers down, brought the second-teamers out, the third-teamers out, and – yeah, you get a chance to see those kids. I know you you didn't plan it that way, but you know how is that going to pay dividends down the line when these kids got an opportunity to go out there and really maybe showcase themselves? And you know, do you see that maybe you know paying off here in a game like this coming up in the next game and the next game? Well, I could. I mean, it, it allows our young guys to get good quality reps on a Friday night. You know, those those kids practice all week long as well, just like the starters do. So uh, you know, we think it's important to get them as many games reps game reps as possible so that when their number's called, they're ready to go. And so, you know, we've been able to build some depth um, doing this and, uh, we're, you know, we'll continue to do that. You know, we're, we're about, we're about the kids in our, in our program. And uh, it's not about embarrassing anybody. And, and uh, you know, you look at a couple of weeks ago, I mean, our starters were out at six minutes ago in the first quarter. So, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And, uh, you know, we're going to do things the right way. And I think, to be fair to everyone, when a few of those scores came out, most people understood immediately that you did it the right way. You took your kids out. You made sure that you did everything you possibly could to not embarrass your opponent and at the same time give your other you know, players an opportunity to be in the game. So I think everyone that follows football, not just gut reaction, understood that you did it right you made sure that your kids understood you were doing it the right way, and, and I, I don't think that people understand that enough. You're, it doesn't do you any good to go out there and run the score up. It doesn't benefit you at all. 
No, it, it doesn't, you know, and it, it doesn't benefit the kids either. So, you know, we, we got a lot of good reps for their young kids. They went out and competed and tried to get better uh, each snap, and, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. Cause it's not about having a great team. It's about having a great program, and we want to continue to have the great program that we have at Huntington High. Billy Seals with me, Huntington High. will play host to George Washington. That's coming up on Friday. If you can't get to the game, we got you covered right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And, of course, you can also watch the video stream that's on our Facebook page and all of our Kindred Communications websites. I know you're a busy man, so I'll let you get because I know you're, you've are you had a busy day. I mean, you're not only just the head football coach of the Highlanders, you're the vice principal, you're also a dad. How do you find time to get it all done? I don't think you know how to. I mean, because you have to be three or four of you. Be honest with you, but I enjoy every minute of it. You know, enjoy being around our kids at school. You know, right now I'm traveling to see my youngest son play football. So you know, it's it's a busy time, but there's going to be a time in our life where we we sit back and, and we don't have games to go to and, and things like that. So I'm I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. And uh, you know, good Lord's blessed me with with a good place to be, and and um, just looking forward to continuing to do it. Good luck tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Billy. Yes, sir. Thanks, Paul. Billy Seals, head coach of the Huntington Highlands. Landers taking on George Washington coming up on Friday. We've got the game right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. More coming up, including your text 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Thursday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is open. It's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Our long national nightmare is almost over as we are almost out of this bye week. The Thundering Herd, almost there. Almost over. We can get back to talking football about the Thundering Herd, about a game next week. Until then, we will talk to you at 304-396-TALK. That's the text line. One of the things we've been talking about is who do you pick? Are you watching the Backyard Brawl this weekend? If you're a Herd fan, if you are looking for something to entertain yourself, you so happen to want to keep an eye on the Backyard Brawl between West Virginia and Pitt, which honestly – you know, all kidding aside, I think it's one of the best college football rivalries out there. Always been one of those big games. And love or hate Pitt, love or hate West Virginia, it's a great college football rivalry. Should have never been taken off the schedule. That's what realignment does sometimes. You get great games that make sense taken off the schedule because it doesn't align with your new conference affiliation. And of course, West Virginia getting into the Big 12 trying to escape what was then a sinking football ship, the Big East, which I like the Big East. Television rules, and and now look what we've got here. The Pac-12 is about ready to bite the dust. You have a super Big 12. You have a super Big 10. You have an SEC that's kind of, believe it or not, the SEC I think is coming down just a little bit here. The SECs come down to reality. It might not just be the overall Goliath of college football. It might just, there might be just enough parody now to make it interesting here, which is good for us. Bad for the SEC, good for us. And of course, there's the Big Ten as well. And 
the thing here about the Big Ten is, did you see the TV ratings? I don't know if you follow that, but NBC's game barely beat the CW. And, of course, there's there's nothing like the marquee matchups in the Big Ten. But I don't know if this conference realignment is really going to pay the dividends for some of these networks. Because some of these matchups, I mean, you're adding numbers to add numbers. But if you're looking for big-time television dollars and you're the big networks here, of course, you know, what's going to top Alabama or Ohio State or Michigan? I mean, there are certain brands. And then there are other brands that are, okay, they're good, but they're not going to be – everybody's not going to tune in. But they're still good games. But I think we've lost a lot of good games for bad matchups because, again, we're losing the geographical sense of – conferences so interesting say the least but i'm i'm a fan of the backyard brawl i just don't know i don't know if i'm taking pit or rooting for the mountaineers some of you would point out that i should take the mountaineers side in this others of you have no no idea whatsoever about that none don't want a piece of that so we'll take your thoughts 304-396-TALK 304-396-8255 am i a colorado fan this week or am i a colorado state fan this week so, right now, the poster child of college football is Coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. And Coach Prime likes to wear his hat. Coach Prime likes to wear his shades. Coach Prime is doing things the Coach Prime way. And it's working. You know why? Because the kids, the recruits, they're buying in. They're all in on it. Long gone are the old, stodgy, old-school, by-the-book football coaches. Old school by the book. You've got a younger generation. Honestly, you look at some of the coaches of years past and try to compare them to, say, Coach Huff, just in personality and character. And this isn't a comment or a criticism of any previous coach. It's different. It's different. There's a different energy. And then, of course, Coach Prime comes in and jacks it up 20. Not even 11. It jacks it up 20. And so now... Colorado's got Colorado State. And Colorado State head coach Jay Norville basically chose violence. Seriously, he chose violence. He woke up and decided to choose violence. And he said on his show, all coaches have a show. We have one for Coach Huff. That's coming up tonight, 7 o'clock, right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. But coach chose violence. So now... There's a beef between Colorado and Colorado State that wasn't there before because Jay Norvell said, quote, I said it on ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off. I took my glasses off. I said when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. Well, that's a shot at Deion Sanders. When I talk to grownups, I take my hat and glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. So shots are fired, and you know what's going to happen now. Colorado is a 23-point favorite. Colorado is 23-point favorite, and this game's going to be big. It's already getting hyped because not only you know, are we going to watch it, you know we're going to watch it. ESPN and Fox pregame shows are both there absolutely overhyping this because everybody wants to be on the Colorado train and Coach Prime. And now... Colorado State has picked a beef with Colorado. I mean, that's the thing. You listen to coaches' shows, and coaches are basically, they're reserved in a sense. Now, they'll touch on things now and then that they're pretty passionate about, but they're reserved for the most part. They're measured. 
you're not going to hear Coach Huff say a single disrespectful word about East Carolina. You're not going to hear him say a single disrespectful word about Virginia Tech or any of his opponents. He's not going to do it. Absolutely none. If he does, I'm going to be shocked. But he's not going to do it because he doesn't want to draw attention. I mean, now, there is the little funny thing about, okay, we're not going to release our too deep because, well, they played and we didn't, so we're going to release it on game day. So that was a slight little beef, yeah, but that wasn't really – that wasn't beef here. That was just gamesmanship. Like, okay, we're not going to do it. So Albany didn't release it's too deep. Okay, those are things that quite differ from shots like this. Honestly, though, I'm kind of here for it. I'm absolutely here for it because – now we're talking about Colorado and Colorado State even more despite all of the hype. And, and the game's a late game. So it's not going to kick off until 10 o'clock Eastern time. 10 o'clock game. We're going to stay up late. We're going to watch it. And we're going to see if uh, Coach Prime basically blows them out. If it's a tight game or Colorado State gets an upset. I don't know which. But we might see this more and more. I don't want to say coaching has become... Dare I say it, we're getting closer to WWE levels here where coaches are cutting promos. I mean, that's basically what happened here. Jay Norville cut a promo. And if you're not familiar with the term, in wrestling, a combatant, a wrestler, will come out and he will say things to generate interest between the matchup or the rivalry. He will cut a promo. And usually he's saying or she is saying something about the opponent taking shots and then the opponent will respond with their promo. Dusty Rhodes was a master of cutting the promo. Hard times. Google Dusty Rhodes hard times if you're not familiar with the concept of cutting a promo. Watch the master class at work. And so that's what we're getting to now. We've got Deion Sanders responding, responding because Jay Norvell decided to cut a promo. There was no need for that. There's no need to do that. That's the whole point of, of gamesmanship here. You want to, yeah. You don't want to give the opponent anything. Now, with that said, with that said, if if you need stuff like this, if you need bulletin board material, yeah, you already lost. But I don't think Coach Prime is the type of guy that's going to let that go unanswered. If shots are fired, he's going to respond. And I think I'm here for it. It's more interesting. I mean, I would love it. It's not going to happen ever, but I would love it if Coach Huff would just come out and cut a promo. Just cut a promo. Now, you got to back it up. you got to back it up. And the coaches are pretty much, for the most part, they're not going to disrespect one another. It's a, it's a brotherhood. It's a, it's a tight-knit group. It's a community. They're not going to really go after each other. They're going to say the right things. But I don't know. I might be here for it. If Coach Huff cut a promo, maybe. It'd be funny. He does have a pretty good sense of humor. I'll give him that. And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for being a part of it. Be back with you on Friday here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Until then, have a great night, everyone. Introducing In Your Business, a podcast highlighting thriving Huntington area businesses. Presented by Moses Auto Mall. Online at MosesMeansMore.com. In Your Business tells the story of Huntington's successes and where you can gain invaluable insights and advice from seasoned entrepreneurs. Produced by Kindred Communications and the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce, find it on kindredcom.net, huntingtonchamber.org, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.